0: Today, we are talking about demand gen, what are the main KPIs you should be tracking. As always, I am Nick. And I'm Ricky. And welcome to Demand Gen Daily Podcast. All right. As always, please remember to like, follow, subscribe, leave us a question. This episode is based on a question, like most are, and we are going to be talking about What am I tracking when it comes to B2B demand gen? What are the best KPIs we should be tracking if you are a service-based business specifically that deals in B2B? So if your program is basically starting up from the ground up, there's a ton of things that we should be measuring, but what are the non-negotiables of the whole thing? So we should for sure be looking at things like Number of leads per month, and this is all per month. We can get into some more advanced of maybe towards the end of the episode, but we'll keep it simple for now. Number of leads generated. How much was that in marketing costs, and not mark just marketing costs, media cost. So there's a couple cost centers that you want to separate very clearly within this KPI sheet that you're going to make. So number one, media cost. That's one line. Don't blend it with anything else. All your media costs: Google, Facebook. LinkedIn, whatever it might be, put it all in one line, trade, like if you're advertising in like online trade, like publications and things like that, maybe there's some sort of aggregator that goes under media spend as well. If you want to break that into a subline, please do. Likewise with Facebook, Google, etc. If you want to break these into sublines, great, but the roll-up needs to be media cost. Then you're taking all other marketing expenses. So this is literally employees. So for example, if you have a couple of employees, put their entire salaries in there. If you have somebody, somebody maybe working 50% of their salary, uh, 50% of their time in corporate marketing, grab that 50%, put it into that marketing, F, I'll call it a marketing FTE cost, full-time equivalent cost. So literally put that money in there. And then you want to address sales FTE costs. So this is the exact same thing as marketing, but for sales. Now, if you're in like a B2B service firm, a lot of the time, the sales process is going to include like a partner or like a manager or whatever have you. You might have some salespeople, that's great. Their salaries go in there for sure. But you should figure out how much of, you know, that partner's time goes into it. Is it like 10% of the time? Is it 5% of the time? you got to take that number, put it in there. So you have three primary cost centers, media only, marketing, people sales people. Now another cost could be branding like general brand. This is a little bit of a harder one. You do want to track this as well because brand technically serves as a global multiplier. Like if you do, if you get a result and your branding is really good and you're emphasizing brand as well as these like direct lead generation channels, brand is going to act as this multiplier that's going to get you more leads for same or less money, right? So you want to track them a separate line per month, but the caveat to this is that brand works like on a delayed fuse where it's not going to work right away, right? But you want to basically track the three primary cost centers and then branding as a fourth, but I wouldn't put it in the direct sheet. Like that's for additional calculations down the line because again, delayed reactions, et cetera, et cetera. I like to judge a brand more so on a six month basis or a year-long basis. More so than a month-to-month basis. But putting the monthly expenditure on brand somewhere is not a bad idea because then you can just add months at a time of it. Then you want to like the record how many marketing qualified leads there are versus sales qualified leads. So let me talk about this really quickly. Marketing qualified leads are leads that come in from any kind of marketing system. They don't necessarily mean, though, that they're valid leads, and, let, and which we would call a sales qualified lead. So let's imagine a lead comes in, your ideal client profile or your minimum client profile is that they have a business that needs to spend, that needs to have $2 million in top line sales. And you know that below top 2 million top line, they're not really a fit for your services. So what you need to do is qualify them for that minimum. And like the criteria could be, Revenue, it could be a ton of different things. So when somebody gets them on a sales call or some sort of consultation and you're running through the criteria with them and asking, hey, do you have this? Do you have this? Do you have this? All of a sudden they say no and that's like a deal breaker. That's a marketing qualified lead that did not become a sales qualified lead. Sometimes there's marketing qualified leads where you reach out to them a bunch of times. They don't work out. They don't answer you. They stay as marketing qualified leads forever. They never became a sales qualified lead. If they adhere to your client criteria. That's a sales qualified lead. And it's a job of sales to get them to a close. So this doesn't mean close. This means like they have a need, they fit our client criteria, and we can attempt to close them. That's a sales qualified lead. You want to track your marketing qualified leads and your sales qualified leads. And if you have a good CRM, you should be able to see the time it takes in number of days go from a marketing qualified lead to a sales qualified lead because you're trying to get a sense for how long it takes a lead to come in all the way to close and or qualification, because here's the punchline. Like generally you're going to see leads that take longer to qualify as a sales qualified lead. The ones that take longer, those close less on a percentage basis than the ones that convert into a sales qualified lead faster. So you want to track mm-hmm. those two numbers. Next. You want to be tracking the close amount expressed as two different numbers, depending on your business, one or the other, or ideally both. Number one, total close amount. For example, if you have a service that is $4,000 a month, the total close amount is $48,000. So you're going to track 48K as the close amount, estimated close amount, or whatever your lifetime values. Second line that you're going to track is monthly so MRR monthly recurring revenue and which in this case is 4k so track one or the other or both next you want to track contribution margin so if you know that your services are on average 66% contribution put that in and then you're basically going to figure out like how much of that 48000 is contribution towards the business after direct costs basically right so if you're running at 50 that's 48 times 0.5 equals 24 and if that's 4k a month it's four times 0.5 equals two right then you want to break down based on this initial you now want to break down cost per lead based on media only right and then the ROAS which we've talked about extensively in this and if you don't know what the ROAS formula is please look it up Then you want ROAS, media only, right? Because that's the definition of ROAS. Then you want PPC cost per lead, all in. So this is where you're taking the total number, like you're basically taking all the costs from media and marketing because MQLs don't actually have sales costs attached to them quite yet. Take those costs and then divide them by the total number of MQLs that you generated. Yeah, so... Nick, if it's not already self-evident for anyone listening, can you walk us through really quickly, like, what is the point of tracking all of these different pieces? To identify the blockage. So you want to identify where things are falling short. And these things so far that I've mentioned don't actually quite get you there because you don't have anything comparative quite yet. Because all I've really said in a nutshell is track all these things, w- there's only been like one thing where we're really getting into what, so what does this mean? Cost mm-hmm. per lead, ROAS, you need to get, this is the important one, customer acquisition cost. This is where you're taking the total number of closes on, for a given month, right? And you're basically taking the cost of the media, the cost of the marketing people, the cost of the sales people and dividing it by the total number of closes. Right? Mm-hmm. That way you can actually attain your customer acquisition cost Because of the numbers you have above, you can add them all together. You can figure out your lifetime value and then you can get the ratio in between both as well. And because you have all those other numbers, you can also figure out how long it's going to take to actually pay back the customer acquisition cost in number of months if you have a recurrent sale. Now, the last view that I'll hit you very quickly with is cost per sales qualified lead and the percentage conversion between... MQL and SQL. So how many of the MQLs turn into an SQL? And it varies by industry, but you should be turning anywhere from 15 to 50% of MQLs into SQLs, depending on what industry that you're currently operating in. And then finally, percentage of MQLs that close, percentage of SQLs that close, because you want to understand Are those numbers converging in on each other over months? Are they getting further apart? What's going on? And then then this is basically the introductory part of it. This doesn't help you make sense of the numbers quite yet, but we'll hit you with a part two later. As always, thank you so much for checking in. Till next time.